You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. I know I'm going to get my bitch back. <laughs> Narrator, he did not get his bitch back. He did not get his bitch back. In fact, <laughs> Divorces were filed. <laughs> he got his divorce back. Is what the fuck he got? <laughs> he got his freedom back. So next time he disappeared for seventy two hours, he ain't got an answer to nobody. Mm-hmm. A nigga named. Sorry divorce. y'all. Sorry y'all. We didn't came in fucking hot. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings, niggas. <laughs> Welcome to Ratchet Ramblings. Brought to you by the flawless noise. <laughs> Clearly, we on some bullshit today. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and introduce myself. This is Candace, mm-hmm. not some newlywed PC on all social media, a.k.a. some of these niggas need to be put down like rabbit dogs. You do. It is. If there's one thing I will ever agree with Dr. Umar with is a lot of you niggas need to be put down. You are cancers on society. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Jeremy, did you see that video that's going on around, on Twitter right now where the man and the woman are arguing in a restaurant he, I, I saw it. I saw, saw it, but I didn't and he, watch it. Well, they're arguing for whatever reason. He tells the lady, say one more thing, and I'm a I'm a beat your ass, or I'm a punch you or do something. He ends up punching the fuck out of this woman repeatedly, like she's a punching bag. Her son goes to the car, gets her gun, shoots the nigga, kills him, and now the mom and the son are both in jail. And yeah. my thing is. I use this as an opportunity to to point out the fact that a lot of men love to say, well, it ain't my business. And they put their head down and mind their business because they too know men, straight, a lot of straight men are dangerous. They they know. And I said, I just wish a lot of straight men would be serious and be honest and say, in situations like these, I fear for my own life and I don't want this motherfucker to turn their vitriol on me. I want to make it back home to my family, to my friends, to my loved ones. And so I stay out of shit because then you, y'all don't want a lot of straight men don't want to do that. Cause then you have to admit that you absolutely understand why a lot of women are afraid of men and they do pose a, a, a safety and a, a threat to women's safety and being and autonomy and everything else. Y'all just don't want to say the big thing out loud. A lot of straight men are very fucking violent in nature and they don't value anybody's life that they are not close to. And even a lot of times they don't value their lives. If we being honest. Also, if you start punching my mama in the face, like, like this is a, um, a holy field, um, Mike Tyson fight. I'm probably going to shoot you too. I'm probably going to shoot you too. It ain't. And she didn't put her hands on that man. They were just verbally going back and forth. There was no reason. He took all of life's frustrations out on that lady. He was looking for a reason. But now he's stress-free in hell. So, but it sucks that the mom and the son are in jail. Um, Because this happened in New York. And I guess different states define what measures of defense you can use in self-defense. But Uh, if you punch my mom in the face repeatedly, the only answer to that is a bullet. Yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm, I'm country from the South. So, I mean, that's still you already know how we react to the situation. And Jeremy is here. Hey, Jeremy. Southern niggas. We got a lot to cover. Um, yes. And so we might as well start with the ratchet mess of the week. The biggest thing being Monique Samuels filing for divorce 
from Chris Samuels. Which we all saw coming. We saw it coming a mile of fucking way. We all called it. Nobody was surprised. Yeah. Nobody. I mean, I mean, here for God's sake, the last time we saw them here together was on a show where mm-hmm. it was on a show where, I mean, she we can call a thing a thing. Her misery and her disdain for Chris was put on full display for the world to see after thinking she was going to be the it girl of that show to the point where hell, the following season, her and Chris wasn't even on the goddamn show no more. Not only were they not on the show, they abruptly quit. Mm. Like, they were slated to be filming, and they quit abruptly after Monique was getting her ass chewed alive for how she was treating Chris. And I just want to say, though, it minus the the whole tapestress, the unk right and all this shit Monique started doing. Chris has some culpability too because he was happy when she was barefoot pregnant and not making her own money. That man oh, yeah. mama said that man mama said that heifer need to get a job and she went and got four. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like it's, it's it's not a you know, it's all on Monique. No, 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 absolutely not. But once she started making her own money and realized that she didn't need Chris's money to sustain the lifestyle that he'd grown her accustomed to, I knew then that was the beginning of the end. Once that bullshit Not For Lazy Moms podcast started doing really well, once she started making her own essential oils and oil diffusers, once she got that radio gig and shit, I knew. She was she was making more than enough money to sustain her lifestyle without Chris. And once Love and Marriage DC showed her folding them big ass drawers, <laughs> them big ass parachute pantaloons, that fucking sailboat that he called boxer briefs. All right. <laughs> I knew then what we were headed for. And oddly enough, Chris has lost a lot of weight. So he's pretty. Like he absolutely is preparing himself to go back on the free market. He pre- think, he's preparing to go back on the market. I think both of them started to grow to resent each other for different reasons. Yeah, which, he might have he might have lost his bitch, but he also lost them hips in the process. So uh, God is always in the blessing business, whether you want to believe it or not. <laughs> you don't even know where to go. I really don't. <laughs> What is wrong with you? Well, I mean, also then we could talk about um Big Lex versus Jocelyn. Okay, now I know this is in our notes, but I want you have because you have to fear being with me and all this. Okay. How in the hell did this happen? Okay, so apparently Zeus. One thing about Zeus, they are a catch-all for the bottom feeders of fame. Okay. If you're a bottom fucking feeder, Zeus got a deal for you. They have some type of deal with Floyd Mayweather. And maybe it's like, I think it's a reality show and him getting back in the ring and or whatever the case may be. So because Jocelyn and Jocelyn's cabaret, which it was never canceled. And if I'm not mistaken, Jocelyn just recently held auditions for the next season of Jocelyn's cabaret, which will be in New York. Um, Jocelyn really going all over the country. Yeah, she is. Jocelyn asked if she could perform at the boxing event since she and Floyd are brothers and sisters in Zeus. And so Jocelyn was there performing. Big Lex was there. 
with her team, right? Now, rewind. She got a team? Yeah, because Big Lex started doing a similar show to Jocelyn's for another Zeus-like network. And I think it's like, now that's what I call TV or some shit like that. Or now reality TV or some shit like that. And it was called Big Lex's Baddies or some, some shit like that. It's a similar type of thing to what Jocelyn was doing. And so after that last reunion, Big Lex had continued to talk shit about Jocelyn and Ballistic online. And she did like a, she went live on Instagram or some shit with, with a blogger and basically was like, Jocelyn, when you see me, let's run it up. We could go one-on-one. I got a nigga for Ballistic. I got security for your security and so on and so forth. When you see me, Ain't going to be no talking. Let's throw hands. Okay. Well. Sounds like Big Lex. Big Lex and Jocelyn were at this Floyd Mayweather fight. And Jocelyn said, what was all that talking you was doing? Let's fucking go. And Big Lex got her ass whooped. Mm. And people was like, well, so remember the, remember the stud Melissa that dated Mimi briefly? That's Jocelyn's friend? Yeah. Okay, she was she was like trying to jump in while Jocelyn was whooping Big Lex ass. And so everybody started talking about, nah, she was they she got jumped, she got jumped. And I just want to say this. Y'all uh-huh. know we hold Jocelyn accountable all of the fucking time for her antics. But stop writing checks, your ass can't cash. You but, told but- that girl when you see her, it's fucking up. It's and you got people for her people and let the battles begin and you got your ass whooped. Hold that L, baby. Refresh my memory. Is Big Lex the one that had the gap in the two? Yes, that's the one that was like double homicide. That's a, I, mm, mm, now you see what I'm saying. Mm, a lot of mouth, but didn't have the hands mm, to match. Jocelyn whooped mm, her motherfucking ass. Mm. That's tragic. That's and she tragic. was and and her own security couldn't even fuck with Jocelyn's security. That's tragic. Cause cause from what I'm remembering from the cause what Lex was on season one or two. Season two. Yeah. From when it was in Atlanta. Yes. From what I remember of Big Lex, she definitely was one of the ones that was kind of a bully. So I'm, Yeah, mm, she was. Mm, she was. Mm. And at the reunion, remember uh her and Jocelyn was getting into it. But security kept holding them back. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I remember now. It's coming back to me. Yeah, mm. yeah. Security kept holding them back. And let me tell you something. I don't know where y'all are from, but the way I grew up, it really ain't no such thing as a fair fight. Who if if you ain't bring no people with you and my people with me, you getting jumped. And ain't nobody gonna who gonna stop it. You don't have nobody here. But she literally. And I, I'm being 100% honest. And you know that we got on Jocelyn for the way she talks to those girls and interacts with those girls and shit like that, like with that savior complex. But that girl literally wrote a check her ass couldn't cash. Yeah. Jocelyn like, made a deposit that time. Yeah, my thing is, because I remember, because I ain't even mad at her, like, wanting to fight Jocelyn, because Jocelyn do need her ass whooped. But key word, she need her ass whooped. You couldn't whoop her ass. Yeah. You, she, she didn't get her ass. And then people talking about ballistic jumped in. Ballistic, I saw the video from eighteen different angles. Ballistic was trying to separate them. Oh, he was. And ballistic was literally trying to separate them and get Jocelyn the fuck out of there. 
Yeah, he learned from what <laughs> from his And Ballistic was even asking Big Lex, like, why'd you, like, you didn't got your ass whooped? Get the fuck out of here. He learned his lesson. He, he learned his lesson from the reunion. He don't want that bad PR no more. He jump yeah, in Ballistic in was literally yelling at Big Lex, like, you didn't culture, like, this the fight you wanted. Get the fuck on up out of here now. Get the fuck. Damn. Well. Again, not a not always a huge fan of how Jocelyn operates. But if you running all across the internet telling me when you see me, it's up. You won't smoke. You won't fire. You won't flames. You got a nigga for my nigga. You got a security for my security. Whoever wanted could get it. Like you got to be able to make good on that. And she couldn't. She she got her ass whooped. Then press charges on Jocelyn. <laughs> <laughs> I was saving the best for last. Jocelyn that is hilarious. Going to jail and got four chart four counts of aggravated assault or something like that. Oh, that's the charges on Jocelyn? Yeah, aggravated assault. And, <laughs> that is um, hilarious. Everybody was saying Jocelyn was high. She was on um the Breakfast Club and Jocelyn was like, I wasn't, Jocelyn was like, I was a little drunk, but she was like, I wasn't high on no drugs. I just, the bitch had been talking for so long that I wanted to see what was up. And that she was so like, hilarious. I blacked out and whooped her ass. And it just is what it is. And that, so that is hilarious that you lose the fight of press charges. charges. <laughs> <laughs> Insanely I, ridiculous. Oh shit. That I just hilarious. I wanted I just wanted to talk about that. Speaking of needing their asses whoop. Okay. I understand Cardi B's want to keep her foot firmly planted on Tasha K's neck. But it doesn't work because the more energy you give Tasha K, the more you keep her relevant. Every like Tasha K said that um in the uh put it on the floor again video, how Cardi was holding guns and then compared it to take off being killed due to gun violence and shit like that, and call Cardi a hypocrite and so on and so forth. And Cardi like, yeah, bitch, I'm 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 gonna collect every bit of that four million you owe me. I'm gonna make sure your kids can never go to college. And you that didn't shut Tasha K up. Instead, she started posting again, posting some unverified T claiming offset is cheating on Cardi again. They have since debunked the myth because the the anonymous source she claimed to have sent her a video talking about that was their LA home and um, somebody posted a video of Cardi's actual LA home. Like Cardi must have like posted on Instagram or something or TikTok or whatever, something like that, debunking a myth. But it's just like honestly, I feel like the more she go back and forth with Tasha K, the more relevant Tasha K gets. You've won the lawsuit. Do do what you got to do behind the scenes to bankrupt the bitch. But going back and forth for her consistently on social media. It ain't going to get you nowhere. It's not. Because you're the celebrity in the situation. So people are always going to root for the underdog when you're the celebrity. I, I'm going to be real. I didn't even... <laughs> I know I say this all the time. Um, and But it do be bare repeating. I didn't even know Tasha K was still with us. No. The only reason you we ever know is because... Um, well, let me say. She... she <laughs> She might be, she's wrong in the Cardi situation, but the way she drugged Just Hilarious for filth is how I knew Tasha K was still with us because Just Hilarious was filling in on the Breakfast Club since Angela uh, Angela Yee's useless ass quit. 
And she was talking shit about Tasha K. And Tasha K got on TikTok and was like, who even is this bitch? Ain't you the bitch who thought Country Wayne was in love with you the whole time he was still fucking his wife? And you lying, talking about that man bought you a house and you was living in his rental property and when y'all broke up, he put you the fuck out so he could turn it into an Airbnb? Mm. So, I mean, it's it was the trash taking out the trash, but nonetheless, rather enjoyable. You know, rather enjoyable. Yeah. What, I mean, what other? I, I, Go ahead, um... friend. No, I get it. Like I, again, I didn't even know Tasha K was still with us because hell, I thought Cardi had sued away her life to to hell and back. So I didn't even know she was still with us. Um, I I guess for for me, I I agree that Cardi probably should ignore her ass, but it's also Cardi. Like I expect Card, I expect nothing less from her, and that's not you know a a, a yay or nay on how she should handle. It's just Tasha. her. It's just her. You know what I'm saying? It's just her. And you she know, is she, gonna clap back. The new yes. girls clap back. Yeah, she reactionary. She petty. She, you know, holds grudges. And I'm not even necessarily bad at her for holding a grudge at Tasha because Tasha was wrong as a motherfucker. But it can, you know, from an outside perspective, it can be, you know, exhausting to see. But it's also Cardi. I expect nothing less at, at this point, you know? That's true. Very true. Um, okay. So, you know. <laughs> I don't know how true this is, right? It's merely hearsay that happened across my timeline on Twitter. But the streets are saying that there is trouble in paradise for um, Remy Ma and Papoose. The streets are saying that Remy cheated on Papoose and Papoose beat up Remy's side, nigga. Now again, I don't know how true this is. But I, I ain't seen no other proof. Because we have seen situations on the internet where motherfuckers have literally come on and be like, this celebrity did ABC. And then they be like, uh, yeah, I pulled that out of my ass. Like, it wasn't <laughs> true at all. I just made some shit up and ran with it. So, you know, we shouldn't do that. Like, we shouldn't do that. But if if there's any truth to it, I'm, I would be, uh, I would, I would be uh, upset to see that i wouldn't like that like you know papoose and remy are you know they i won't say you know their goals or you know they're my favorite people or you know this and the third but they are some motherfuckers i kind of feel like you you know should keep they shit together yeah or at least you know i never expected them to break up or nothing you know because at least from you know now granted it is tv and you know we you know we don't know these people but Every time we saw Papoose, you know, on our TV screen, it's like he worshipped the ground that Remy walked on. Yeah. So to see, you know, again, allegedly, if something like, you know, some cheating were to go on and they were, you know, to end, it it, it, it would be a little sad. It would be a little sad. It, it, it'd be a little stank. Yeah. But, again, but, nothing who, from a verified source. Just some some shit that I've seen floating through the, t- the Twitter, you know, the Twitter sphere the yeah. Twitter universe. So as of now, I'm calling it bullshit, but we'll keep an eye out on it. Yeah, that's what I, I will say. Because because who else will put up with Papoose and them damn fitties? <laughs> <laughs> them fitties look like stick shift leather. Um, <laughs> and news we can't use or news we didn't ask for. Who the fuck asked for Pusha T and Jim Jones to be beefing? <laughs> Is it 2003 again? <laughs> 
Ah, good one. Good one. Uh, Jim Jones, sit your little raggedy haired ass down. I ain't even gonna lie. I thought this shit was fake until I kept seeing it over and over on well, the Well, Jim Jones started it, and that's the weirdest part, because what beef do you have with that man? And I think it started when he said, like, don't nobody want to hear a Pusha T verse or see no Pusha T verses or some shit like that. And it's like, are you okay? Because, I mean, Pusha T is like a, a lyrical mastermind. We're not going to take that from him. But I mean, nobody but- wants to see you two old motherfuckers beefing. Like, both of you niggas are way older than us. Like, Jim Jones, you are at least 50. That's being kind. Like, I guess my thing is like, are there some people who, you know, don't care for Pusha T's music or won't, uh, don't want to listen to his music? Sure. But do you think we want to hear from Jim Jones either? <laughs> no, like, yeah, of all of the people, I want to hear from Pusha T before Jim Jones any day of the week. Like, easily. So, like, I, what, what are we, what, huh? But yeah, like, y'all, Nick, both of y'all is old as fuck. Like, please leave us alone. Please. Speaking put of leave us, <laughs> put, put your phone down and go outside. Put your phone down and go sign up for AARP. Go drink some Metamucil. Go speaking eat some of, fig Newtons. Speaking of Metamucil, get Marlo off my damn TV screen. Yeah. <laughs> Segway yeah. Jones. Segway Jones. Um, you we, know. We trying with Atlanta. We trying. I'm trying this. really hard, but let me tell you something. We are going to start playing out with the weakest link when it comes to these shows because there is so much content rolling out reality TV wise that I feel is unfair to our listeners to which, hold on. Hold on, before we get started, save the best for fucking last. Y'all are y'all have supported us so much that y'all have put us in the top 60 reality TV podcast. That is fucking huge. And we really thank y'all. Like we really, really thank y'all because y'all don't have to rock with us, but y'all fucking do. Ratchet Ramblings is considered one of the best reality TV podcasts out. And I fucking love it. Because we do our due diligence with these fucking shows and we give you the real and the raw. So much so that we may never be a super, super, super duper huge podcast because we don't we don't bite our tongues and we don't have bias. Like literally anybody could get it on our show. If you're being a dumb, if you're being a fucking idiot, guess what? We gonna say you being a fucking idiot. So thank y'all. But also shout out to us. Shout out to Curtis. Shout out to Adrian. Shout out to you, Jeremy. Shout out to me because we have literally been in the trenches doing this podcast for years. This started as something very small that we used to do so often on Crown and Collards because Bianca and I really a big reality TV person. And we used to just talk about love and hip hop and like basketball wives. And we branched out to Ratchet Ramblings and we have been going ever since. So shout out to us and thank you to our listeners and keep telling people to listen and please be sure to subscribe on your favorite listening platform. That way you will, you will know when we put out a new show immediately once it's uploaded and distributed. Okay. Now get Marlo off my TV screen before you do that man. She went on that blind date with, that was a fine man, but it's a shame. He had to go on a blind date with a bitch with smokers cough. (laughs) Now shit. Go ahead, friend. (laughs) (laughs) oh god oh i when i mean for me hell was was he the blind on the date because has he seen you know what that's that's me um 
But yeah, like I'm, I'm gonna be real. I'm speaking of Curtis, rest in peace, friend. I'm here to stand in truth and transparency with our listeners. It was a damn. It was a a, a, a slog to try to get through uh, Housewives Atlanta. I, I, we can just talk about the the most important thing. This damn meeting um, that Sheree put together, where she was trying to get Candy and Marlo to settle and air their grievances. Um, and I get don't Sanya, uh, get Sanya, Sanya, Sanjay, Sa- get somebody's mama off my fucking TV. Always trying to speak up for fucking Marlo of all people, like she don't have her own voice. I'm so sick of this bitch riding Marlo's coattails. This shit, like it's, it makes it hard to watch the show because this bitch does not have her own personality. Sorry. Listen, listen, you know me. I've been beating this drum since her inception on the show. That why the fuck is she here? Like not even being funny and not, you know, not trying to say that one, you know, one's accomplishments or formal accomplishments put you at a higher status above anybody else. But what I will say is when you are a goddamn Olympic gold medalist, what the fuck are you doing on Real Housewives of Atlanta? That's what I will say. And what the fuck are you doing on Real Housewives of Atlanta being a fucking jockey to a fucking to a fucking person who doesn't have any real storyline? We don't know her source of income. She has consistently been bigoted white men's come dump. What like of all of the people whose coattails you could ride, why the fuck would it be Marlo? Yeah, you would have had a better chance being Sheree for him, honestly. Like who the fuck is Marlo? At least Sheree got at least Sheree had a business now. I might have failed miserably, but at least she by Sheree is a thing. It's not a good and, thing, but it's a thing. And I don't know if I said this on the show, but I want to say it now. Marlo has bragged about all of the designer things she owned, about the designer purses, designer bags, designer shoes, designer clothes, designer furniture, being a rich bitch, living in a house of this, that, and the third. All of all the sugar daddies you have laid on your back and had to surrender sugar to, why have none of them helped you get your record expunged? You like, how have you admitted to fucking a judge and you still have a mugshot online? All right. Uh, one thing that did uh, I do remember, and what I did audibly gasp was when Kenya called fucking Marlo a bottom rung bitch. Uh, that that was a bar. I can't lie. Um, but I don't. My my issue with this entire thing is like we've been beating this drum for a minute that it's fabricated. You know, we've done the. You know, we talked about it on early episodes. We've done the research is that Marlo is using. You, uh, using her family trauma and dumping it on Candy for a storyline because the truth, the truth is, Candy has nothing to do with it. And I feel like Marlo just tries, Mar- for whatever, for whatever sick reason, Marlo feels that Candy should go above and beyond to prove her loyalty and friendship to Marlo in order for them to move forward. But it's like Marlo, when have you ever been a friend to Candy? Never. Well, I take that back. Candy even said she and Marlo have had a pretty decent relationship and Marlo never brought this up until they started filming. And that's the part that really pisses me off about this. And again, not a huge candy fan, but I feel like, and we have all said Marlo is full of shit. And what I would like candy to do is really start clocking Andy and fucking production because this is the second time another castmate has gone above and beyond to try to tarnish Candy's reputation. And they sat there and allowed it. Mm. 
And I want Candy to be to stand up for herself. You always crying and talking about red hair candy and this, that, and the third, but you don't really stand up to the motherfuckers who allow this to go on. Because production was supposed to roll that beautiful bean footage when this fucking argument first started. Yeah. I don't ever want to be so committed to a situation where I'm I'm willingly letting the powers to be play in my face. Which segue, Jones, thank you, friend, for the because um you said this in our pregame. Like it really does call into question why Candy is still on this show. And maybe she's gonna for what you said um, when we was talking earlier off camera uh, or off the mic about you know wanting to be the lo- the longest standing you know housewife you know maybe that's an accomplishment you know to her that's an accomplishment or something she would want to have but at what cost because honestly this ain't it because th- nobody should be using you for a storyline when they don't have anything going on for them. Period. Take us to Drew, friend. Um. <laughs> I need, listen, I'm not going to listen to Drew music, <laughs> but I'm happy that she is finding a a means of dealing with the pain of a nigga named Ralph through music. Again, it's not going to be some shit I listen to, but I'm glad. I mean, Ralph showed up at that studio to get his bitch back, but he did not get his bitch back. I really do. Ralph. He got his, he got his freedom back. I, rap, a nigga named Rap, you did not get your bitch back. Whoa, whoa. You did, <laughs> you did not woo, woo, woo. You did not woo, woo, woo. You shoo, shoo, shoo. That's what the hell you did. You got the hell on. Um, leave this woman alone. That is what I have to say. Because I also feel like the producer that Drew was with, like asking about Rap and like speaking him into existence, I feel like that was tacky. Because clearly, like, Clearly, Drew, this is something that Drew is struggling with. It's something that she needs to do, get the fuck away from a nigga named Ralph. But clearly, like, she's not in a, the the best space to be, like, asking about, you know, well, how's Ralph doing? You know, what's he, what's he, you know, what's going on with the divorce? Like, fuck Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> I don't give a fuck about Ralph's physical and mental health, nigga. Just fuck Ralph. Who cares? Ralph, a nigga named Ralph is how we got in this situation. Is she is the reason she in the studio making this goddamn music? Yeah. We give a fuck about no nigga named Ralph. And Ralph, like, you can tell this shit eating at him because he ain't look good at all. At all. He don't look at all. a nigga named Ralph, he look like a nigga named Klaus. Oh Lord. Uh, too far? Okay, cool. Um, that's more or less all I had. Like, like I said, I was trying. That's most most of all I had. Uh, okay. nothing really stood out. I feel like we can. Um, well, cool. I mean, that was more than it deserved. Like I said, we are definitely thinking about swapping out um, Real Housewives of Atlanta for Love and Marriage Detroit, which I'll get into it when we get to Love and Marriage Huntsville. But then we're we going to head on over to Couples Retreat. Some good Atlanta well, well, before that, let, let me just ask, do... Do Mona Scott Young and Tyler Perry got beef? Because I feel like she didn't snatch all her shows from VH1 over to MTV. <laughs> right? Honestly, or, you know what? I'm tripping. You know what? Honestly, not even being funny, high key, probably the play. Because now, listen, I'm not in none of these rooms. Um, Lord knows I'm nobody's producer, nobody's network owner, et cetera. But high key, though, I don't think. I think it's real smart because I don't think Tyler Perry and this partnership with BET 
for some of the other shows and creative like studios and stuff, it ain't gonna go how they think because Lord knows. I mean, shit, we already know how Tyler Perry treats his own writers and shit. You don't think with that man's money and power, he's going to try to dip his toes in some of BT's own other creative studio mm-hmm. and properties. So, honestly, it's smart on Mona Scott Young, to be honest. Yeah. Um. So, now that we are here, I do want to say I I do like the way that Couples Retreat has turned out to be in general. I've watched several seasons of it now. And while there is drama, it's not the drama from love and hip hop. Which do you like, think is, is better, this or boot, marriage boot camp? I don't know if one is better than the other, but I do think that mm, to me, they, the footing is equal. The yoking is equal to me. I just think the, the selection of couples, um, I don't know. I don't know. I like I like marriage boot camp and couples retreat. I do, and I'm say I. Let me say we probably have not gotten a new season of marriage boot camp because um, Judge Lynn Toler's husband passed away very unexpectedly, and yeah. you know she probably has just been going through the motions trying to find a new normal. Yeah. And we hope to see her back really soon. I do miss a uh, marriage boot camp. I think I think this, I think couples retreat does a better job of having the couples sorted out, where marriage boot camp has a better job of um uh what's my man name shit I, I forgot his name what's, what's my oh, man oh yeah Doctor Ish yes of uh, Doctor Ish and Judge Toler um giving them I don't want to say tough love but like sound advice and guidance. You know, not to say that the not to say that they don't do it on couples retreat, but with couples retreat, they 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 kind of like give the couples the alley oop to work through them. Whereas on uh, marriage boot camp, the couples kind of give the the counselors the the, the alley oop. I will say that the difference I see between couples retreat and couples uh and marriage boot camp is that the the licensing and the range is there on marriage boot camp. Because Dr. Yeah. Ish is an actual psychologist or something like that. Yeah. He is a, you know, he is well-versed in this, what they do professionally. I do like AJ's approach. Um, I do like her holding the men and the women accountable. I do like the exercises that they do, which ultimately put a mirror up to these couples' faces and say, look how you carrying on. Yeah. And... Yeah. So with that being said, I don't want to be insensitive to Shamari's feelings, but I do think she's being a bit unreasonable. It's one thing if Ronnie is just leaving to leave because he doing some shit to do some shit. <laughs> being a nigga named Ralph. Yeah, but this man is going, he does his show, and he comes right back. And I don't really like the way she talks to him. I do agree with him that she is a huge gaslighter. Like, she is a huge gaslighter. Like, she she is very easy to point the finger and be like, you doing this wrong, you doing that wrong, you doing that wrong. And when he says, okay, but you're doing this and I don't like that, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that at all. Ain't nothing wrong with what I'm doing. You the problem. It's really hard to have healthy dialogue with somebody that has a problem with accountability. And from what we've seen this season, she has a problem with accountability. 
she doesn't ever think she's wrong. Now, do you think that, not that it justifies it or excuses it, but do you think some of that is her giving him back what he's given to her? Or that's just her? Or maybe a I think it's, I think it's, I think it's probably a little bit of both. That's just her. And one reason why she and Ronnie keep bumping heads is because they are two sides of the same coin. Both would rather be right than have a solution. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of what I I gave. Now yeah, and I and I agree. Like her, like she she does like gaslight him, but I part of me feels like it's kind of a little bit of payback on her end. I feel like some of like some of that is just her naturally, but also you know, especially considering like the age gap between her and Ronnie, like I feel like some of that is her kind of you know doing a get back at him. Is like, nigga, this is what you've done to me with them with moving them damn shoulders all these damn years. Yeah, yeah. And it's led to you know, like you said, like now at they're at ahead because they are so similar in that aspect that you know it's like you know rep- two magnets repelling. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I still can't really catch a vibe with um, Breezy and her partner. And so I really don't have a lot to say. Because I I don't understand why they're here when they have gone the mile to cover up whatever issues they have in their relationship. Oh, I got... Oh, I understand the vibe. The vibe is a chick. Yeah. (laughs) That's the the vibe. The vibe is... Oh, my God. (laughs) Go on and say it, because I'm finna get real terrible when we get to Bell Collective. <laughs> the vibe is mama needs a new strap. That's what the fuck the vibe is. But now on a Mm-mm. serious <laughs> on a serious tip. No, feel... <laughs> there's no being serious after some shit like that. <laughs> I feel like they are the couple that has been the most recluse when it comes to being open and transparent about um, their relationship issues. And while I respect that at the same time, you are on a show to be open and transparent and you can't kind of half-ass that. We got a little bit of it um, earlier when they had, um, shit, what was the damn episode? Well, um, Oh, the, about, about the cigarettes and shit? Yes, and they'll break down the communication about that. Like, you, we had a little bit of that, but we don't really get that much other than that from them. At least yeah. from what I can tell. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I so with Kendra and Jock, something has been rubbing me the wrong way. And it's the fact that they kind of laugh at, gloss over, and don't really discuss how abusive Kendra is verbally. And that grinds my gears. Um, again, we said this on Ratchet Reloaded, to which if you are not, please go sign up for Ratchet Reloaded on the Patreon at the Red Noise level. You'll get Ratchet Reloaded and some great shows because we are discussing some things. Um, we're discussing Love and Hip Hop Atlanta, um, Bad Boys Texas, Summer House Martha's Vineyard, and Black Ink New York. Um, and we cut up yesterday. So flawlessnoises.com slash, uh, patreon.com backslash flawless noises and go ahead and sign up and treat yourself don't cheat yourself but um i just i don't know what can what kendra wants or is expecting because her issue in all of this is that she is far too connected to and invested in social media and there are people like us on this podcast comment and and base our discussions and our thoughts and our feelings 
solely on what we see on this show and what what is brought to our attention by way of the blogs. That doesn't mean we're always right. That doesn't mean we always have the whole story, but that's what we can that's that's what we have to base our opinions off of. So if you are so invested in what we what the internet is saying is so wrong or this, that, and the third, stay off the internet. So I agree with friend, but I want I want to break this down on a on a on a on a on a on a, on a, 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 a nigga level, if you like. I want to break this down on a a manicular level. So let's let's uh, thank you, thank you. let's uh let's run run this back you know from all the, let's take it back from the top. Kendra decides to date young Jockers, Jocelyn, um the seal of Jock, if you will. She decides to date this man. I already Great know value Lunel. <laughs> she decides to date young Jock, knowing one already knowing. You know him being in the public eye from being an she artist to, to, to date Junel. Uh, <laughs> you decide to date Junel, knowing he knowing he is in the public eye for being an artist, for being on Love and Hip Hop, for being for having many transgressions on Love and Hip Hop, from cheating to being a terrible partner to being a deadbeat dad. You know all this. You date the man. You marry the man. He doesn't change in a lot of aspects. He cheats on you. He embarrasses you, et cetera, et cetera. You own the show with him while he does this on Love and Hip Hop, on, you know, Love and Hip Hop Atlanta part dose. Do you do all this? Now you're on Couples Retreat. You are tapped into social media because you don't like that people have opinions and comments and things to say about the fact that you are married to Young Jock and he has not been, you know, treating you well over the course of their relationship. My sister in Christ, you chose to date and marry Young Jock. I don't understand what you thought was going to happen. Now, I'm not saying Jock deserves to deserve, uh, you deserve to be mistreated by Young Jock. That's not what I'm saying. My, what I'm saying to you, beloved, is if you are this embarrassed uh, that you got with this man, and that he's doing all of these things. And your issue is that you are embarrassed that people are talking about it on social media. I have news for you, beloved. There's this wonderful thing you can do that is log out. Put the phone on, do not disturb. Put it on silence. And actually allow yourself to heal. Also that, because clearly you are hurt than a motherfucker. Because you stayed. And let me say again, cheating is not the end all be all for some people. An outside baby sure would be the end all be all for me. But the thing is, you still chose to get married. This man has not, this man has shown himself to be very committed to his vows and taking them serious since y'all walked down that aisle. And prior to, after this whole baby situation, what more do you want from him? I guess, what more, what more can he do? I guess and 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 you beating up on him verbally and calling him all type of bitches, hoes, fuck you, I hate you. Um, you the reason I didn't spend time with my dad before he died, and I like all that shit is very abusive. And there's only so much and only so long that marriage is gonna continue in that fashion. Now you might feel that Jock deserves this for what he puts you through. I wouldn't agree, but. I understand wanting him to feel some type of embarrassment, some type of shame, some type of, you know, I guess retribution for putting him for him putting you through all this. I understand that. But you need to be honest about that. 
You want this man to suffer because he made you. Mm -hmm. You you want this man to suffer embarrassment and pain because he not only did he put you through that. Now people, because he put you through that, people have opinions and comments that he put you through that, and you feeling even more embarrassed. That's all well and good, but be honest about that. Not only be honest about that, take it a step further. Be honest about it. Being honest about it and transparent is the first step to healing, which you desperately need. Because, beloved, I hate to break it to you, but a nigga, <laughs> a nigga with a needle baker swoop bang is not going to feel any shame. I'm sorry. <sighs> Unintentional bars, but God damn it, we here. <laughs> like that man. On my own, I love <laughs> you, baby. Listen. Stay with me and let me cheat. <laughs> Listen, 365 days of the year, same old job. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but if that man ain't felt shame Ooh. and remorse and embarrassment now. If he, I he, could, I'd get rid of my outside baby. <laughs> like, come on, what you want us to do with this? Just move on. And in this episode, I am so glad. Well, I'm I'm underwhelmed and disappointed that you and Jock didn't take the opportunity to really do the exercise seriously when they were pretending to be each other. And I understand it. A lot of people's trauma, a lot of people's response to trauma and traumatic things is comedy, especially black people. We invented the laugh to keep from crying, but that doesn't, that doesn't heal you. You talk to that man real bad and he takes it for the sake of, well, okay, let me just let her get this shit off. None of that shit is healthy. At all. So I would like for y'all to take shit more serious. I'll tell you who is taking shit pretty serious, it looks like. Um, Apollo and Shireen, or Shireen, whatever her name is. Which, which, what timeline did you think we would be in where you could say that Apollo of all goddamn people is taking something? I, right. I really enjoyed the fact that Apollo was transparent about what going to jail did to him and his son's relationships and how he has been literally fighting his way back into their lives. But it also reminds me of the type of low-down, funky dog-haired hoe Phaedra is. Dog-haired hoes. <laughs> because she know good and fucking well that man took that bid for the both of them. Yeah. And with that, you should have been doing the work to make sure that your sons were not building up that type of resentment for their father because they could have lost both parents to the prison system. Yeah. And also, I don't like no controlling motherfucker. I do like when people have a plan and when people want to sit down and we can work together to execute the plan. But you're not going to be no just do what I told you to do and this shit will work out ass motherfucker to me. I'm not no puppy. I don't need to be housebroken. And I'm glad his wife is really holding her ground on that. Because like she said, if he don't get his shit together, he leaving. And he finally said, which he said it very awful, but I knew what he meant. That's not going to happen because if I change my ways and I do better, we could be happy. And it seems like he's been opening up to her and having the conversations that, you know, he's been keeping close to his chest. And so that makes me really happy. I'm, I'm happy for them. I don't know if it's going to last, but he does seem committed to making his marriage work. Which is which that in itself. And again, now, I, go ahead, friend. And again, I never thought we would be in a timeline where I could say Apollo of all goddamn people is being serious about something. Yeah. 
Um, Fat Boy and Tiana. He got typical, and I'm saying this as as a chubby bunny. He got typical fat people insecurities, overcompensating to keep people's loyalty and make people want to come around and be bothered with him. Mm. Um, that's that's how a lot of people overcompensate for their insecurities a lot of time, especially in romantic relationships and shit like that. You know, we just talked about people using humor to to overcompensate. With him, it's money. He he feels and believes as long as he has money, he can keep his wife and people will want to be around. Yeah. And she's telling him, I come from a good background where my people have money and I've never had to want for anything. So I'm not here because you got no money. But I need her to also be honest in that she has allowed him to sway her with money for so long that that's what he leads with. Because he knows exactly what she said. I come from some money. I come from a good background. And I don't got to, you know, I don't got to want for nothing. And so that's how he probably came in a relationship. I got to provide for her the way she's always been provided for. To which Jeremy could give a fucking TED talk on how that type of patriarchal capitalistic thinking ruins fucking relationships and communities. Yeah leading always with money you don't have anything to offer you don't offer loyalty you don't offer support you don't offer transparency you're not being truthful you know you're not present when you need to be present and again that's a part of patriarchy thinking that because you provide you can you could do whatever the fuck you want to do down to cheating and and shit like that patriarchy fucks up everybody true he says that he's taking it serious he seems to be doing the work but having a conversation about how money, not everything. And then going directly down to the casino after a night of, uh, talking about sex and intimacy and, you know, sex toys and S and, you know, BDSM and, and, and all that kind of shit. And to leave that scenario and not want to go home and blow your wife back out. You still got a lot of work to do. Your dick should have been hard as new age math. <laughs> Instead, you run into the goddamn casino. Like, what are we doing here? I don't know. I mean, I hope I, I wish them I hope for them the best, but he got a lot of work to do. Yeah. He has a lot of work to do and maybe not enough time to do it if he wants to truly make the relationship work. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, again, good job, Mona. I really enjoy VH1 Couples Retreat, and I do think it is a fresh way to do reality tv and the fact that you know we're we're dealing with black couples and yeah. and black therapists and and black life coaches and they don't seem like scammers and shit so i like that keep up the good work and i've always liked aj you know she definitely walks the walk and talks the talk as we can see so absolutely okay black ink la i'm so glad I'm so glad we're here. First of all, congratulations, Kat. Yeah. Um, congratulations. And one thing I pre- appreciated about these past two episodes, because we took a week off, is that you get a glimpse into what it's like to see women prepare for motherhood, because there are certain aspects of preparing to give birth that we, you really don't have a lot of conversations about. And like C-sections and you know, just how dangerous it is to bring forth life and how it could be your life on the line as well as baby life and having to make those hard decisions and things like that. 
I was I was really glad that Kat allowed the cameras inside for that. Yeah. Definitely glad. So that was dope. Um, you know, one thing I hate about fucking scammers is how they will try to flip a situation to get your sympathy to make you forget about being scammed. And to me, that's exactly what uh Nelly is fucking doing to Kevin. Kevin invested upwards of 30k into some some rap some music project that Nelly's wife was doing and when Kevin like where the fuck is my money at here go Nelly my wife you know I got bigger shit going on than this Kevin and you supposed to be asking and if you was my friend you would be asking about how I'm doing and what's going on and why my energy been off instead you asking about your money $30,000 is most people's salary hello most people in America don't be don't make thirty thousand dollars a year. Thirty thousand dollars is absolutely enough money to make me not give a fuck about what's going on with our friendship, but what the fuck is going on with my money, especially because I invested in somebody that you fucking love, and I more than likely did it on account of you, because you're my fucking friend, and I love your person. I love you, so by default, I love the person that you're with. So no, you don't get to guilt trip me because your fucking wife left you and blocked you on every fucking thing. I got $30,000 hanging in the fucking balance by somebody that I trusted because I trusted you. Girl, fuck you. Truly. Mm. Really and truly, fuck you. It's just it's just like so unserious considering, I mean, being serious for just a little bit here. Like how much people going through it now, like financially and like, over the cup past couple of years with the with the ongoing pandemic because we still ain't out the shit. Um uh, it was just very unserious and toned up. Yeah. And this it's that thing that I that people do that I find so despicable is um using mental health to escape the consequences of their actions mm. and things that they've had a hand in. Like if Kevin is your friend and that was your wife, you absolutely knew that your wife was fucking off that money and was never going to pay Kevin back and you still allowed him and you still were mute than a motherfucker as he was investing in her in your wife's dream or whatever the fuck. I love my husband to death. I really do. But if my husband went to Jeremy and said, bro, I'm trying to start up this anime venture. I know you fuck with anime. Would you, are you willing to invest in it? If I know my husband is bullshitting, you think I'm going to allow him to dupe my fucking friend or anybody not laying down with no fucking scammer especially only if they scam white people i take it back that's just reparation but i'm not gonna be laying down and and trying to create a family and and shit like that with somebody who i know is taking advantage of one of my fucking friends and then everybody else sitting up in that fucking shop all sad and looking at kevin crazy absolutely fucking not i urge people to dig deeper in situations like this she knew her wife was full of shit. And then for your fucking wife or your partner or whoever the fuck she is to up and leave and block you on everything, she never had any intention on paying that man his money back. And she was willing to discard you as collateral damage and leave you to pick up the fucking pieces. But Kevin is the bad friend. Bitch, please know you're the bad friend. Because you knew that girl was full of shit. She was using you. She was using Kevin. Call a thing a thing. Shit. Am I wrong, friend? No, Tell I don't me think if I'm you're wrong. wrong. No, I don't think you're wrong because what do we always say? If you're gonna do be for fucking real, 
If you're gonna do nothing, if you're gonna be anything, be for fucking real. Yep. Be it's fucking just, for real. Like on top of it, it's also just like the blatant just irresponsibility at y'all big ass at your big ass age. Prayers yep. Prayers down. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Um. Now let's scooty. Let's scooty on over to I am because. I am absolutely enjoying seeing this shop fall apart at the fucking seams after they blamed everybody else for being the problem when it's actually Tim and KP. I am praying for their downfall. (laughs) (laughs) I am hoping you fail. (laughs) I am hoping you fail. That might be the show title. It might be, uh... (laughs) yeah. Text that to me. (laughs) (laughs) Like, it's really crazy right so first of all you have these three women in the shop in the shop you have one woman that's an artist in the shop who literally tattooed nipsey hustle then you got the eyebrow lady who sits around talking shit about the girl with the pink hair and the girl with the pink hair then went over to enigma to get tattooed by fucking Nessie. And y'all had a huge fucking blow up with Nessie. Now y'all calling the girl with the pink hair traitors. And the girl that tattooed eyebrows want to beat up the girl with the pink hair. No, sure. You know what she reminded me of? Spider. Yeah. All all bark and no talent. However, well, the girl with the, that eyebrow tattoos is good. I do agree with her in that KP and Tim really coddle her, little Miss Pink Hair, and I'm I'm calling bullshit on that. Like they going out of their way to help her get clients and book clients, and they're not doing that for the other artists in the shop. What you do for one employee, you should be doing for all. The playing ground should be level for everybody to succeed in that goddamn shop. But it just, it just goes back to what we've been saying about them two niggas from the beginning is that they just have no business acting. Mm-hmm. They just they just too well. It, well, in the case of in the case of uh, Tim. They just they they a quiet nigga and a loud nigga trying to run a business with no business acumen. Yep, yep. Cause like, so, but I do agree with KP in that fuck a tattoo convention when y'all can't even get along in the shop and it's only three of y'all. Ain't no other artists in that shop. Why the oh. fuck are three people having all of this knockout drag out shit? And I'm gonna tell you why because KP and Tim have allowed the spirit of shadiness to exist because they are fucking shady and underhanded and backhanded and do shit like that. Yeah, that's There's, what I was about There to is say. no reason that them women should be sitting around talking about each other behind their backs. That girl don't have a car. One of y'all live close enough to her where y'all could pick her up so she could come to the shop. Why is that a conversation? In yeah. 2022, 2023, where most people can't afford a car, most people can't even afford housing. It's a lot of people who can't even afford fucking groceries, can't afford to go to a simple doctor's appointment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is not unusual for, for somebody to be like, no, I don't have a car right now. There yeah. is no reason for the uh, two out of the three women to be talking shit about one and then going back and, and you know what I'm saying, playing both sides against the middle. But that is the work environment and the atmosphere that KP and Tim have consistently created in that shop. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Like he right, but also nigga, man in the mirror. Like because you, like nigga, you literally started this entire endeavor feeling falling out with someone 
over someone who, you know, has a business mind, has a business acumen, has, you know, that was putting in the work and everybody agrees that, you know, is a good business person. You literally chump that out and cause that friction due to your own ego. So you can't, so yeah, should these women, you know, should your artists be, you know, with all this petty stuff and drama? No, they should. But look who the fuck talking. A motherfucker who create, like you said, creates this atmosphere, who literally got introduced to us with drama and pettiness. He couldn't get out of his own ego to accept that, hey, instead of trying to be the man, maybe I need to be a man that works with another man that works with another man to create something good to create something, this vision that he swears that he has for, you know, Compton and, you know, togetherness and all this shit. So it's like, who the fuck are you to talk? You can't even get your shit together. And then you got your fucking yes man over here, Tim, with this ugly ass bucket hat and shit. He don't know a goddamn thing, but just how to be loud and wrong. The motherfucker don't even tattoo, don't tattoo, don't pierce, don't do shit. He just your yes man. Yep. So it's like you talking about the employees, but look at the fucking leadership because you and Tim don't know how to lead a motherfucking thing except your own lips. Yep. Yep, absolutely. As we see in the previews for the upcoming episode, uh, the I Am folks go to the tattoo convention anyways without KP and Tim knowing and end up getting into a fight. And uh, Kevin and Nelly are still at it. I'm here for the mess. I'm here. And at some point, Ryan is going to pop up as well in the season which makes me believe we will be getting Black Ink Chicago back sometime soon. Um, if you want to hear about our synopsis of the most recent two episodes of Black Ink New York, again, head on over to our Patreon to listen to Ratchet Reloaded. We had a wang dang doodle. We truly did cut up. But now we finna get into the big shit. It's, we finna get into get with the big steppers, okay? Um, love and Marriage Huntsville but also Love and Marriage Detroit premiered last night and it's featuring three couples. Um, of the three couples, two of the women are quote-unquote influencers and they create influencer content by basically pre- pretending they have perfect married lives. I love, and, the, I love the shadiness around the quote you put around influencers. <laughs> yeah, that's their content, you know, pretending mm. to be the the perfect little housewife and mom. Yeah. And then there's one wife who is a doctor mm. and her husband, I can't remember all their names just yet. I know it's Brandon and Christina and then four other motherfuckers. Um, but the wife has a husband who is starting some shit called the men's group and he's doing that bullshit. <laughs> it reminds me of that bullshit with the niggas who was marching in the streets wearing suits. <laughs> he's claiming the group is to to get into the community and have an impact on young boys and stray them away from the street life and 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 give them positive alternatives and solutions provide big brotherhood and mentorship and so on and so forth but where they fuck me up at is in the preview for the season marceau is there because you know they're from detroit originally Yeah. Um, that tells me all I need to know about this that group. However, yeah. his wife, he had got he's he claims, I don't know how true it is, he claims to have gotten an opportunity to um work with Marvel Disney and his wife, the doctor, and it was during COVID, told him absolutely not. And if he takes the opportunity, they're gonna get divorced because he didn't talk to her first before saying yes to the opportunity. And I want to say something. 
I agree that communication is absolutely key. But in what fucking world do you turn down a Disney Marvel bag? And based on how she talks to him, because not only is she a doctor, but she also started a, a brand of wine called Opulence Wine. And anytime Black people start using trigger words like opulence, Black excellence, they're fucking weird. Yeah, this is giving Summer's House Martha's Ring. Yeah, he had like invested in her in her wine business. He helps with a lot of the business and the day-to-day and the financials of the wine business. So to me, it gave that she didn't she doesn't want to support his dream because his unyielding loyalty is to support all her dreams and goals. And that mm. really bothered me. And Again, I always hate when I have to be like, okay, the woman is kind of wrong in this situation. But again, why would you why would you be comfortable? Why would you expect why would you want your partner to turn down not just a dream opportunity, but a dream opportunity with Disney and Marvel? Yeah. If if nothing else, for, for better or worse, that Mar- that Disney and Marvel money is gonna keep on coming for better or worse. For better or worse. And she's like, well, I had a hard time with like the schooling and virtual schooling during the pandemic. And I was, well, why not hire somebody to come in and help? You talking about all this money, you own a wine brand, you a doctor, you this, you that, and you third. Why not just hire somebody to come in and help? Why stifle his dreams so you can continue yours? Mm. It pissed me off quite a bit. Um, And then there's Brandon and Christina. They currently have the most drama so again christina is an influencer brandon is uh like not only is he a music producer producer and a writer he also helps uh what can i say he helps artists work on their image and their performing and shit like that kind of like what tiana taylor has been doing for like summer walker and a few others Mm. right and lotto that's what he does however Somewhere along the line, well, first of all, him and his wife met on Instagram and got married six months later. That tells you a lot. Right. She literally moved to Detroit four days before their wedding. He signed a new artist without telling his wife. And the significance of that is his wife was styling. Oh, yeah, she's she's a stylist as well. His wife was styling one of his former artists. And that former artist, he ended up having inappropriate communication with Mm. there was no physical cheating but she said he emotionally cheated to which Mm. that's a real thing a lot of people act like it's not but emotional cheating can be worse than physical sometimes he wasn't sucking the titties but he was definitely sending messages he was thinking about it yeah exactly yeah he was sending messages about the titties uh uh-huh and then the other couple um i mean i don't know what exactly they do but i know the wife is messy her name is Jacoby or something like that. Something like that. But it's going to get real messy because Christina and Jacoby are both influencers and they're going to try to get together and do like some work together. And their husbands basically start putting them against each other and being like, oh, all she do is copy you and take your ideas and ride your back and your coattails and then the men get into it. And in the preview, the one husband like is the only thing keeping me from beating the brakes off your ass is that I'm saved. Oh, yeah, that that couple, uh, 
the husband is going to divinity school and did not tell his wife until he started. And well, she, she divinity school to be a preacher. Uh, uh, mm, mm. And the wife is like, I did not sign up to be nobody's first lady. Uh, mm. This is how you could tell I'm not in the church or nothing like that. Cause I didn't, I didn't even know there was a such thing as a divinity school. <laughs> <laughs> like you said it I'm like uh, who school <laughs> school for scamming <laughs> it's a what a what school <laughs> a collection plate school <laughs> oh my god <laughs> a communion school like what the hell going on <laughs> lord jesus <laughs> Forgive me, Father, for I did not know the text. <laughs> okay, that's <enough. laughs> so. Like I said, when I I I, I like kind of watched it last night, then I went back and rewatched it today, and um, I I'm certainly based on what it's giving so far, and with the preview show, I'm not opposed to retiring Real Housewives Atlanta mid season. Sorry, I'm not sorry. I, uh, I didn't all of our it. other all of our other shows are giving far more than what Real Housewives of Atlanta is, is giving. Oh yeah, I'm I, I missed it on this run, but I'm absolutely uh, down to watch an episode, and then if you know we uh, we can replace it because I'm definitely willing to give it a chance. Like I'm willing to give anything that's kind of fresh and new a chance because, like I said, we you you I mean shit you heard earlier in the episode we struggled to get through even the little bit that we did with Real Housewives of Atlanta, so. I'm definitely Absolutely. down to replace it. Uh, Absolutely. Something that will not be replaced, though, is uh, a... Love and Marriage Huntsville. Well, oh, Love yeah. and Marriage Huntsville, too. Yeah. But the 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 thing is, is Carlos King focusing too much on trying to get these other shows up and running? Because the viewership for Love and Marriage Huntsville... Um, the last episode before last night's episode was like two hundred and seventy thousand, mm. not even breaking half a million. Mm. And so, I so not last night's why. episode, but the the one from a couple of weeks ago. The one from yeah, the one from um the the episode from last Saturday, like the gotcha. Saturday before last, should I say, where gotcha. we took a break on Father's Day. So the the yeah. Saturday before Father's Day. The viewership was only like 275k or 274k or something. And I absolutely understand why, because Carlos King spent so much of his time discussing the housewife shows and other other shows. And he's not forcing the cast members of his flagship show to really show up and show out. They are doing all they are continuing to do is argue with Mel and all this other shit. And I think we as the viewers are tired of that. Like we're tired of it. Like there's so much going on. But yeah. I think I think last night's episode really did step it a, a little bit. Um, first yeah. of all, we get to see Martel finally interacting with somebody other than his castmates on this show. And we see his little brother who I just want to say, what do they daddy look like? Because if nothing else... The Holtz are some collect. They're some attractive men. The little brother have- was handsome. Martel is handsome to me. They're a handsome bunch, but they some fucking criminals. Hey, uh, do they? Uh, do they have the same dad? I think so. The, the the father that we saw in the flashback and the father that we saw like in the earlier seasons when he got out. Yeah, 
Okay. But I wasn't yeah. sure. I wasn't sure if they if it was yeah. they had the same dad or different mamas or Yeah, I think they got the they definitely got the same mama. Oh god. Yeah, they got the same mama. Um and we see Martell going to therapy. And this is why we say it's not enough to go to therapy. You gotta actually do the work. Cause he sits on the lady couch and he still leave her house and do fucked up shit to his ex-wife. Right. Not only that. He absolutely is one of the people where this, the phrase, you know, people and, you know, men especially don't go to th- go to therapy just so they'll learn how to be better gaslighters. He is he is absolutely a case of that because the motherfucker, my problem with Martel, because remember in the scene where like, but when he goes to it, he's like, you know, it's nice to, you know, talk to somebody who will allow me to be me without being judged. And my thing is like, nigga, if you didn't want to be judged for doing fucked up shit, then you could have just not done fucked up shit. And he has a huge sense of entitlement. Incredible sense of entitlement. Everybody's saying they'd be there, but then when I need them, they're not there how they're supposed to be and yada, yada, yada. The thing, people like that really grind my fucking gears. And I'm going to tell you why. Because life, life. And a lot, of, a lot of times, people in your life that really love you they never set out to disappoint you intentionally. And if they do, you should recognize that behavior immediately and send them on their way. But Martel mama, and I'm quite sure the fucking babysitter and so on and so forth, they did not set out to disappoint that man. They did not intend for shit to be canceled and so on and so forth. Something came up and it just fucking happened. Yeah, life be life. And for you to take an attitude, well when people don't be where they supposed to be and do what they supposed to do, they let me down and they disappoint me. You're being unfucking realistic and not giving the grace that you want extended to you. Hello. Hello. Let's talk about it. And also, I guess my question is, is why have you not been communicating with your brother? Why have you not been checking in on him since he got out of jail? Been too busy cheating. Why are you reestablishing a relationship with your brother who you didn't seem to have an issue with? You so busy surrounded by yes men that you don't want to be around people that's going to hold you accountable. Nope. And that's that's what I that's what I took from that con- that Which, conversation in that, that scene. Which, speaking of that, they not what happened to the other um therapist? I forget his name, but um the other one that they were seeing or does he just do marriage counseling? Oh, Dr. Francis. I yes. don't know. What happened to Dr. Francis? Because yeah, Dr. Francis you tell you niggas that y'all are fucking awful. Yeah. Yep. Mm, some some something in them greens is greedy. Yep. Some something. Because I was wondering since when the hell does Martel have a new therapist? I thought Dr. Francis was kind of the therapist for everybody. Cause cause the last I remember about Dr. Francis, I remember him getting getting in y'all ass that, hey, y'all niggas is kind of terrible and you lack accountability. And we ain't seen Dr. Francis no more. Mm-hmm. I will I'm, say I'm glad we haven't seen Tiffany and Lewis in a couple episodes. Uh, okay. Um, we, need, we need a break. I mean, while we're here, I would like to talk about the situation that went on with Stormy, her cousin, her mom, and her aunt, who is her cousin, Junior's mom. And that was a lot. What a fucked up way to show y'all love on your niece and your daughter that y'all love and value her by putting her dead in the middle of y'all's bullshit. We we have gotten on Stormy about things and how she's operated amongst the girls, but this family situation, she absolutely, she doesn't deserve this at all. And the craziest part, 
you could tell that Stormy carries a lot of her family's financial burden on her shoulders. Yep. Bailing the cousin out of jail, then making sure he got a job and shit like that. And that this is the thing. When she fired her cousin, I absolutely agree with it. Because if I hire you as my family member, you have a responsibility to absolutely set the example for everybody else that not only do I not take advantage of my family's kindness, I work my motherfucking ass off of my family and you should too. Yep. If you go... If you go and work for anybody else that you're not related to and you clocking in and out when you feel like it, you not uh you you never you not on time when every time they come in and see you, you got your phone out and you not working, do you actually think you would still have a job? Absolutely fucking not. Stormy was well within her rights to relieve her cousin of his duties at her job. He did not take the job serious, so he did not need the job. And as we heard when Stormy was talking to her husband while they were driving, he also fired his best friend who was working for them because they were not doing what they were supposed to be doing. You a different kind of fucked up to let your own people down. Truly. You ain't out here working for the white man who don't give a fuck if something happened to you. And if you die tomorrow, he going to post your job the same day. This your motherfucking cousin. And she probably was paying them real fucking well. Yeah. How you the inventor? How you the warehouse manager? And you not even letting Stormy know when it's time to re- restock on inventory? Right. Ain't that the bare minimum of a job like that? Yeah, that's in the job title. Inventory. Hey Stormy, we running low on this, this, and this. I'm gonna go ahead and put in an order for this much. Should I up the order? Or decrease the order? Are you about to have any sales going? So I should order extra of this or extra of that. That is literally your job as the warehouse manager. You deal primarily with inventory and getting orders out. Yep. And Stormy, uh, Stormy Auntie was being a fucking loser. A fucking loser. Don't have to let your son work for me if he gonna half-ass do his job. And I and again, we've talked about this. Remember, I've talked about Story Mama, Stormy Mama before and how she can't stand mail and shit. And I've said before, I kind of don't care for her. But in this situation. She absolutely went to bat for her daughter like she was supposed to. Because them motherfuckers, Stormy Aunt and Stormy uh, Cousin was a- be abs- was absolutely taking advantage. Yeah. They've been some bozos. You ain't my sister no more. I don't know. Okay, bitch, but well, we ain't sister no more. Get the fuck on. Part of me feels like... <laughs> part of me feels like they are absolutely that ridiculous. But also I feel like part of me feels like they were trying to play up because the cameras was on. Because this is like one of the first times we, and I appreciate it because, you know, Stormy has needed, you know, a storyline or some, you know, other thing other than, you know, you know, arguing with, um, what was the girl name? Ebony, you know, other than arguing with Mel or whatever. So she needed something more and I appreciate this. But this is like the first time we're seeing like not only a lot of her, but a lot of her family as well. And part of me feels like they knew that so the cousin and the aunt kind of played it up more than they, you know, than they probably would have if the camera was, was off. And I feel like Stormy Mama went peaked that and went having that shit. Mm-hmm. Because y'all motherfuckers, because the cousin, you you knew you was half assed and, and and the aunt knew that shit too. Like, come on, like come the fuck again. If you're gonna be anything else, be for fucking real. Mm-hmm. But part of me definitely feels like they want to have like a little fifteen, like maybe. You know, the episode added me and, you know, they go in the damn uh, the Facebook group, the Love Marriage Facebook group, and then get in, you know, be like, did y'all see us, y'all? You know, like trying to, you know, get they spot so they can be on the camera, you know, a bit more, 
you know, using Storm as a as a you know as a way to get on TV more or less. Cause y'all know y'all dead ass fucking wrong. Y'all ain't stupid. Well, at least that's stupid. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause you know good and hell well you just using, you know, whatever job, for example. You know good and hell well if you're going to another job working for, you know, anybody and you half ass your job, you're not gonna keep your damn job. Yeah. So why the hell should Stormy be different just because y'all family? Shit, that's a whole business. I and then to point out that Stormy went to jail. Um, I mean, okay, yeah, she turned her life around. What's next? I mean, she went to jail and that ass got fatter. So I, I don't know what you want. That me ass to got do. fatter and that bank account got wider and wetter. I, I mean, I don't know what you want me to do with this information, beloved. Hello. I mean, hey. Hello. Ain't nothing you can't do. It is what I mean, it is. She, gonna be what it's gonna be. I mean, she went to jail and she went to jail and I would still like to see it. So I mean, I don't know what you want me to do. And I, I agree with Stormy's husband. Like, you don't gotta deal with these motherfuckers. True. If they don't bring nothing but strife your fucking way, you can remove yourself from the equation. And I do agree with him about Stormy's mom also having um, I don't wanna it's basically only child syndrome. Like only children parents get extremely attached to them yeah. and sometimes it can be overbearing yeah but they're constantly in protection mode because that's the only thing they've had to always protect yeah and so a part of me feels like you know betty has some of that but a- another part of me feels like betty knows that her sister and the nephew be using stormy and playing on her kindness and her sympathy yeah it's definitely a case of a bit of both definitely it's a it's a bit of both uh let's get to the good shit uh, uh Marceau and Tisha. Now, this is not from last night's episode, but the episode before that. This man, why do you think you and your son should live separately in a separate house from your wife and daughters? Again, misogyny. And then gonna try to guilt trip her talking about, well, we might as well stay here while we renovating the house and this, that, and the third. But if we, if you want us to be at the house with y'all and I got to pay somebody to come in and renovate it, that's going to play, that's going to cut into your spending and your this and your that and the third. Nigga, shut up. You should be going home to your wife and fucking kids at a decent time, no matter what the fuck you doing. Whether you renovating a fucking house or working on that 47 acres and the mule bullshit, whatever the case may be. There is no reason for you to be coming home at three, four o'clock in the fucking morning. That means you're not being present and accounted for as a husband and a parent. You show us over and over again that you can't stand your wife and kids. And you are literally not making no money by renovating this house. You are spending money. There's no reason to be renovating that house and being there. So being there till three, four o'clock in the morning every night. If you're going to do anything at all, be fucking for real. I, more so, and, and his brother, who we'll get to in just a second, because I got word. They cons- they consistently show that they do not value being good partners. Uh, they do not value the women in their lives. They do not value the kids in their lives. They just want people who will feed their egos and give them sex when they want to. Um, and will do all types of labor, whether that's domestic, um, emotional, um, hell, even physical in some cases, labor for them while they just get to to do whatever the fuck they want. Um, in what world do you, in what world is a smart, sane, reasonable, 
insert adjective here, to want to pay to live away from your wife and children. Hard ER what? <laughs> like, the fuck? Wrong? Like, you hate being married. You hate the idea of being actually having to be a partner that motherfucking much. You will spend money to get away from your loved one. What world, in what sense, does that make? Yeah, like, at all. And the fact that you are this goddamn dumb, yet had a point about your brother in yesterday's episode, pisses me off to no goddamn end. Which? Segway, John. Perfect. Let me tell you something. Matter of fact, let me let me just bring up the shit I said on the internet, because it holds true. And I quote myself. I'm so, on, I, I Kimmy, Kimmy really married down. When when it comes to this bald headed, wide head piece of shit, because you're not present in your home as a father to a child that is only yours and not Kimmy's, but you you harp on sex while she fights the most aggressive form of breast cancer, and you bald headed, you overall dumb, and you selfish, and you did a interview with Carlos King and basically said what what the fuck did he say uh. That motherfucker says she, he suffers sofa. having sex with me because I need sex. I don't want it. It's, that is it's horrifying. First of all, let me tell you something. If y'all stop calling that little motherfucker monster, maybe he will stop acting like one. Call him Maurice Jr. Or call him MJ. Or call him Reese. Call him Mo. But quit calling that little fucker with monster. Yeah, I don't understand him calling him. I get nicknames. Hell, my family nickname on my mama's side is man. But monster, like, come on. Two, Kimmy and Kiowa really fucking exposed you for the absentee parent you are. And what is so fucking infuriating about it is you begged, bullied, and, and gave Kiowa hell about your son coming to live with you during his informative years as a teenage boy. Because what did you say? A teenage boy needs his father whole time you're not the fucking father that he needs and has never been you are not and then you try to play he gets up for boot camp at five o'clock why does a why does an almost 16 year old need to be getting up to do boot camp at five a fucking clock that is a growing child he needs to fucking rest he don't want to do his chores and he's not doing great in school because he's fucking tired i want to the boy's sleepy (laughs) I want to go a little deeper than that, friend, um, because I am so glad we finally had a scene with both Kimmy and Kiowa there. Because they, because to your point, not only did they expose Maurice for being an absentee father, they 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 also exposed what I feel the the true issue with 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 Maurice Junior. Um, now you know we have been very vocal that he needs structure. Um, and 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 discipline, but you know, structured discipline, not you know, the old, you know, harsh parenting or you know, whatever the fuck, you know, do as I say, not as I do. You know, you know, all that type of problematic shit that, you know, we are as a society, hopefully, you know, changing from that type of parenting, right? That boy resents his dad. And I'm gonna tell you why. He doesn't know how to fully articulate it. But did you notice like how he lit up when he saw Kyle? Like that, like even though you know he was, you know, in that meeting, like when they, like when him and Kyle were, you know, went out together. Did you see like the the way his face lit up? How he just looked healthier that he's got gotten out of that house and away from his damn daddy. He was in his daddy, 
because he he his daddy pulled him away from his mama because his daddy wanted to try to be play dad of the year when he was not there for any of those formative years while Kyle was doing the work as a single mother, like you said. And that boy resents it resents him for that. He don't know how to articulate it and he don't want to cross a boundary, I feel, because that is still his daddy. But he got a lot of resentment for that motherfucker. And he I don't com- fuck with his daddy. He don't and fuck Kimmy- with his daddy. Kimmy told the truth and he got really fucking defensive. She said all monster does most of the time when he's home is sit up in his room by his fucking self. So what Mr. Getting him ready for the real world, what extracurricular activities do you have him doing No, so that he can build community friendships, learn good social skills and so on and so forth. What is he doing? The grades are suffering. Can we be honest? I don't want to misdiagnose nobody. So I'm not going to say he got nothing. But a lot of what he was showing in this episode and a lot of what he said sounds a lot like depression. Yeah, yeah. A lack of desire to do anything. A lack of desire to talk about your feelings. And so on and so forth. So on and so forth. It sounds like depression. And Kimmy and Kyle peeped on that. They peeped on it, and everybody and well, I won't say everybody. Well, I mean everybody was on the damn floor of the room, but everybody took the cue and picked up on it, except the motherfucker who has the emotional intelligence of a goddamn doorknob with his milk dud head ass, and that's Maurice. Like the motherfucking gall and audacity of when that motherfucker this said, mother said to, oh, "Go ahead, I know where you go." <laughs> Listen, we here. When that motherfucker had the audacity and gall to say that Kiowa babied him, nigga, at least Kiowa was there for him when he was a baby. What the fuck was you doing? Not only that, when this motherfucker said, I spend time with my son when I drop him off and pick him up from school. You bitch ass nigga. Let me tell you something. The one question that nobody has asked this young adult, who does he want to live with? Is mm-hmm. he happy living with his father and Kimmy or Not would he it. like to move back home? Would he like to move back to Detroit with his mom and her husband? Talk about it. That is the question nobody is asking him. And you know why? And let because, me be honest oh, with you. We've been teenagers before. When you was a teenager, was cleaning your room up at the top of your fucking priority list? Nope. Did I still do it? Yes. But was yeah. it up there? No. <laughs> and so it's very, very... I don't know, weird to me that y'all expect a teenager to be hype and willing and wanting to do chores. I think the thing is, and, you know, we've been sensitive towards this. You know, we said that, you know, as a teenager, as a growing formative learner, though, you do not need to, you know, learn some structure. You do need to learn, you know, hey, clean up after yourself, et cetera, et cetera. But I think from Kimmy's perspective, she more so just wants someone to that she should be getting it to if the motherfucker wasn't stupid as all goddamn hell. Because I think she is perceptive that Monster isn't happy, and I think she tiptoes that line because she does pick up that he's not happy, that he's going through things, and she she doesn't really know how to how to communicate with him about that because, I mean, let's be real. That is not her child. Is she trying to step up, you know, being a stepmom and stuff? And is she, you know, doing the best that she can? Absolutely. But that's Kyle's son. And yeah. Kyle is not there. 
He don't live with Kyle. He lives with Kimmy and Maurice. And when she is there and the other parent, again, is a bitch-ass nigga that's dumb as all hell. And I'm saying that with my whole motherfucking chest, you bitch-ass nigga. Like, it's hard. It's hard on her and it's hard on him. And they are both on two different isolated islands while Maurice ass gets to talk about, oh, you know, I do this, I do that. And, you know, and let y'all me say ain't this. doing... Oh, go ahead. What Kimmy was saying at the, at the paint and sip is that Maurice is never there to enforce the rules that they decide on together. Yeah. She always is the first person to be the bad cop because she is the only person ever there. Maurice yeah. is never home to say, bruh, get this room together. Yeah. Like, you know, and- you're supposed to keep this room together, bruh. You know, you're supposed to do the dishes after dinner and shit like that. It's always Kimmy first monster do this or are you gonna be on punishment monster do that or are you gonna be on punishment and again yes the respect should be there for monster when it comes to kimmy and the rules that she set in the house where she is the lady of the house however the respect is the respect is a lot more with your actual biological parent and maurice is never there and the audacity and the fact that Marceau, who we just got on for being just as goddamn dumb as, as Maurice says, the fact that Marceau was like, hey, hey, uh, bro, why you always got Kimmy doing this shit? That's your son. Exactly. Like, exactly. And I said so- this, and I said this, I text Candace this, and I wanted to say it here, and I stand by it. Maurice does not want to actually be a parent. He wants Kimmy and Kaiwa to, to, to be the parent to do all the work of being a parent while he gets to gloat about being a parent without actually doing any fucking work. And I'm so tired of him deflecting from his shortcomings by trying to insinuate that Kimmy and Kai will still have beef with each other. I did not get that from their interactions. I feel that Kimmy and Kaiwa were on the same page when it comes to Monster and what's going on with Monster. And Maurice is the only one out on the island by his fucking self. Oh, absolutely. It's a deflection tactic, like you said. It's a it's a manipulation tactic because see if we can talk about how y'all, you know, don't like each other because y'all, you know, still because I'm the common denominator the nigginator between the both of y'all, then we we don't have to talk about my lack of emotional intelligence, seeing that my own son is damn suffering and I'm too wrapped up in my own ego to to notice that and do something about it. See, if we yeah. talk about y'all, we ain't got to talk about me. Exactly. And I'm really aggravated that Kimmy and Kaiwa even entertain Marie's bullshit next episode by having to sit down and talking about some super duper old shit. At this point, Kimmy and Maurice have been married for years. This lady is actively fighting for her life. Kaiwa has remarried herself and is it has a life of her own. The past is the past. Let that shit be. Leave it buried where it's at. Stop allowing Maurice to deflect by digging it back up and putting y'all at each other's throats. Because as long as y'all are at each other's throats, y'all don't y'all won't be at his about his shortcomings as a husband and a father. See, and I didn't even peep the previews for next episode, so I'm honestly upset that that actually is going to be a conversation. Because as far as I can tell, that neither Kim and nor Kai will care about that shit no goddamn more. They care they about they care about monster. And the and the and the and the reality is, Monster has three parents that care about him, and only two of them is doing four. something about four because he got a stepdad. Oh, four. Monster has four four parents that care about him, and only three of them seem to be at, actually trying to do something to fuck about it, while one is trying to create division between the other three. Yeah, for sure. I do um, not like Maurice. He is a yeah. terrible. He's a terrible human being. 
him and his brother are some bitch ass niggas. I keep saying it with my whole chest. I do not like that ass. The fact that I don't like these niggas, I like I think I, I think worse of these niggas currently than Martel says the whole fucking goddamn lot. Mm-hmm. I just do not like them. I do not like them. I I think they are terrible human beings. Um, they are terrible husbands, they're terrible partners. And I think what really grinds my gears is that both of them are the problem, yet they talk down to everybody else like they are the problem. Yeah. Mar- Marceau does it to Tisha. Uh, fucking Maurice Hill does it to Kimmy and Kyle. Like, boy, like the fact that, I'm sorry, but it's not to harp on this. I'm going to say this and then we're going to move on. Like, the audacity of you to say that Kyle baby him, baby Maurice Jr. Boy, you only brought that boy to live with y'all so you could actually, you know, pretend like you was a damn father. You weren't thinking about bringing him to live with y'all before? Mm-hmm. Well, you just started being a parent, and well, I take that back. You really haven't started being a parent, hence why Monster is suffering like he is now. And having all audacity to say that, boy. Th- mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, it is what it is. We wish nothing but the best for Maurice Jr., and he was all smiles when he got to have dinner with his mom and Kiowa, like a like a present and good parent recognizes that there's an issue recognizes that there's action she could take to help mitigate the issue by coming down and spending more time with her son or potentially bringing her up there to spend more time with her and that is their plan and to figure out what's going on she also talked to him about emoting and being vocal and you know talking his feelings out in a respectful manner and not holding them in and that is how you parent Correct. and if need be they're going to she's going to get him some counseling or whatever else the case might be um bell collective listen you know i know some of y'all are going to hear this part and y'all are going to be like oh my god candace really candace seriously wow you ain't shit and to that, I say, y'all been knew that. So let me open this, this up by saying, Glenn, nobody wants to hear that fucking song. Tell me where we go from here. I could tell you where your grandma went so she wouldn't have to listen to that fucking song. <sighs> to heaven. Your grandma check right on up out of here before you could upload that bullshit to SoundCloud. And for that, she is a better woman. Because at least wherever she went and... Oh, I feel like old black grandmas like her who lived a, a long, full life and, and fought through segregation and all that kind of stuff, which desegregation was a mistake. You're never going to be able to convince me otherwise. But I believe your granny is in heaven where they spinning the good tunes, okay? Where she probably listening to some Anita Baker. She is not listening to her grandson say, tell me where we go from here, baby. When she heard a clip of that song, she probably told your cousin, go on to pull that plug. All right. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing. Please, God. I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> My uh, listeners, she wanted could to hear the flat my... line. <laughs> that heart said, dun, dun. she didn't want to hear no more. Didn't want to hear nothing else. Said she lived a good life. She good. And if she and if she got to go out listening to that, it will have negated ninety three years of good living. That's how awful that fucking song is. And they need to put JJ Little Ponytail having ass in jail for lying to you about that song being some heat. Ain't shit banging about that song. Ain't shit banging. We need to be putting it in the trash can. Like, 
you know when you right click on micro on the Microsoft computer, it got Windows on it. You right click and say move to the trash can. That's exactly where that song needs to go to the fucking trash can. And while we're here discussing you, you are a fucking loser. You are a fucking loser. Not only do you have a tracking device and a listening device in your wife's car. First of all, admitting to doing crimes on TV is fucking wicked. But that sit down that y'all had. One thing I want to tell you to Letitia, just file for the divorce. Really just file for the divorce because anything you do with this man, you're going to give him hope that y'all can stay and work it out. And y'all have grown in two totally different directions because it made my skin crawl when he said to her, people start getting a little bit of money and notoriety and don't know how to act. How fucking awful for you to minimize what you put your wife through. It is no fucking, this don't have shit to do with money. It's so many layers to unpack to this situation. So, okay, great. You wasn't the father to the baby. But let's not forget that you could have been. And since you could have been, that means that you were having an affair and you were having unprotected sex. So you not only could you have fathered an outside baby, you put your health and her health at fucking risk. And then you've been so smug about it. And you blamed her because she wasn't making homemade candy yams and shit for dinner. You are just, you not a good person. And I want Letitia to go ahead and file those divorce papers and move on with her life. Glenn is never going to value you. He don't value you. He don't see your growth. He don't want the best for you. He don't want to see you win. He don't want to see you succeed. He wants you to be the same old Letitia you was when he was out there cheating and fucking off on you. I do not like that black ass nigga, man. No. Go ahead, friend. So, a couple of things. One, if only y'all could have seen my face for a smooth 10 minutes. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, Candace? Hmm. Number two. What if they tried to play that at the funeral and she hopped up out there? All right, like, nigga. You fucking better cut it off. Bro, I'll haunt you for the rest of your fucking days. Glenn over there sniveling. Sorry, Grandma. Sorry, Grandma. Number two. That song is the equivalent of when you got a virus from LimeWire. When they were saying it was Soldier Boy? Yes. But it was really so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It wasn't crank that. It was delete that. Number three. (laughs) Number three. These, this show, this show here, and also Love and Marriage Huntsville, it is just a master class in just the, 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 the type of person, man, whatever, the type of person not to be. Oh, Cliff's, Cliff, not Cliff, Glenn, sorry, wrong nigga. I mean, he trashed too. But Glenn's entire dilemma is that he does not want to humble himself to be accountable to be remorseful, to be present for the fact that he let his ego and his patriarchal, archaic, backward-ass views allow him to fumble the best thing that ever happened to him. Tisha is the best thing that is that ever has and ever will happen to that man. And instead of wanting to work and grow with her, he wanted her to always be beneath him because he is a man she is a woman. She only wanted her to do so much 
while he stays the, the king of the castle or whatever. And that means, you know, no matter what you're doing, no matter all these amazing, wonderful things you're doing, you got to cook for me. You're going to suck for me. You're going to fuck me or, or or else it just ain't going to work. Or else I'm going to do what I want to do and you just going to have to live with it. Exactly. Anybody with that mindset is never going to honor and respect and value you. Now, there was there like we have acknowledged that he felt there was a disconnect in the marriage. And instead of saying, you know, this this disconnect happened and I made a poor dishes, a poor decision and I cheated. He has continued to, you know, blame Letitia and minimize the strides she's trying to make in her career and so on and so forth he's not gonna ever change and be better so you really got to get on and you got to stop playing nice and you got to stop letting him emotionally manipulate you and rope you in with his uh with his dying granny and all that shit all that shit is mental manipulation that's all it is you really got you got to go ahead and file them fucking divorce papers and if you fear for your life get you a fucking restraining order because honestly, being real, like all of this, you know, on the, you know, emotional and, you know, um, you know, all these things that we are saying about, you know, his fucked up views and this, you know, mental and, uh, and emotional abuse and all that stuff. Like all that stuff is true and well and valid. This motherfucker needs to be in jail. And I don't yeah. even fuck with jail like that. Tapping but, people, p- tapping people's car and shit like that. Like, all that shit fuck? is illegal. And and saying it so openly on on this TV show, yeah, like that's like, fucking weird. Like what? Like you know, not Lord knows, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know the laws, you know, in in Jackson and Mississippi and all that. I don't know, you know, like cause something like cause nigga, this is illegal. You should be under under the jail. This is at minimum stalking and at worst like full on abuse and harassment. You should be under the jail. Yeah. On Definitely. top of being under the jail for that for that trash ass song, yeah. Um, like, where did we go wrong? Where we, we went wrong was being in the studio, right? Um, Speaking of I being guess... wrong in the studio and staying in that studio, uh, Segway Jones, yeah. Uh, I need JJ to get off the damn game. Well, first of all, let me say this: anybody who would rather be called so Gucci instead of Shantae. And anybody who got all them fucking alias, so Gucci, Shantae, Sophia, Samia, Sativa, Sublime, like you're a fuck something, you're the problem in every situation. You're absolutely the problem. And I do, I wanna call it out and I'm gonna say it loud and fucking clear. You are a fraud and you're a fucking phony. This is the second time we've seen you attend an event where you have done nothing but talk shit about the person throwing the event. You did it with Selena, your husband's ex-wife, with your daughter, your stepdaughter's um, baby shower, and you turned around and did it with Latrice's event. You have been bad-mouthing Latrice with uh, Marie and to anybody who will listen. Why did you come there? And I absolutely agree with Selena. If you walk up to somebody and I'm standing next to them and you speak to everybody but me, that's with intention. Because if we, and and then this is how I know your husband is a fucking liar. He said that you've been coexisting with his ex-wife for years. Then that means that any other time you speak to her when y'all are in each other's presence. Yeah. So now all of us, but you're saying that you never speak to her. 
she's saying you never speak to her. So who's who's telling the truth and who lying? Yeah, exactly. And trying to defend you, your nigga actually told uh expose y'all. And, and another thing that rubs me the wrong way, and I text Candace this, like the fact that, and this is why I said JJ needs to get off the gas, because honestly, I feel like JJ is being the messiest bitch out of all of them personally. Um, because the way that he just so casually and just casually just calls his ex-wife a deadbeat. Some of the milk ain't clean with that. While not having raised his fucking kids, and the kids only the kids only live with y'all as adults. Hello, come on, somebody, come on, friend, come. You you hear me knocking? Let me and and let me tell you something. I want to double back to so Gucci. You have had all of the snark and shady shit to say about Selena and about Latrice, but bitch, you was crying because Latrice used another realtor. If you the number one realtor in Jackson, Mississippi, one one sale ain't gonna make or break you. Sound like so Gucci is so brokey. And then you had everything to say about the baby shower for Sanjay, or uh, I don't know if it was Sanjay, it might have been the other daughter, but for JJ's daughter, and your daughter was pregnant and living in your house and didn't even have a car. Y'all had to buy her a car, and the and the baby daddy wasn't working. Friend. Correct me if I'm right or wrong. Didn't I say when we found out that she told the internet before she told her daddy she was pregnant and married that something in the milk wasn't clean and he ain't as, he ain't nearly as close to his kids as he liked to pretend to be? Yep, we said that what they shit since the start of the season we said that and you said it specifically. That man not close to his kids. Mm, he putting on him him and so Gucci putting on because I'm sorry you not fin. And then, like, listen, li- listen, 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 listen. The fact that that goddamn Grizzly Bell looking motherfucker is so comfortable, but essentially calling his ex wife Mo Jizzle, and so Gucci is so comfortable going along with it. Like, nothing about that gives off a red flag for her. Because if y'all been comfortable, like, from, from JJ's own words, if y'all been over and done with, and y'all been coexisting all this time, then while all of a sudden is it an issue because it seems to me selena is not the issue seems to me and sh- again y'all know sometimes i read the i watch the episodes on youtube because i'll be wanting to watch the comments and read the comments and one comment a couple of comments actually quite a few pointed this out jj is causing jj is the source of all the mess and chaos between so gucci and selena and it's because he is still he is still salty at the fact that selena left his ass yeah and it's been a lot of whispers that um one of the issues that so gucci has with selena is that jj has tried to double back on several occasions with his ex-wife he tried to get his bitch back that's what the street's been saying that's what they've been saying honestly with the way they act i don't even put it past them yeah i don't either because I'm sorry, like if you is if you as JJ is so close knit with your family and you know gosh darn, that's another thing. I boy, listen, I am a country nigga. I sound like Grish. Y'all listen to me, but when I tell you he sounds like the most inauthentic country nigga I have ever goddamn seen. I am country. And we don't say first of all, we don't say gosh darn. We say goddamn because we grown. Second, even I don't say it that goddamn much except yeah. for the time I just said it. But still, like you know what I'm saying? Like it just. Everything about him just seems fake. Everything. And then Every I, and the other thing. thing is, 
if he don't shut the fuck up, talk about Latrice and Cliff set them up, boy, huh? What? Literally, who is y'all? <laughs> Quite literally, who are y'all? Who are y'all? Y'all are a family. Why would Latrice set this up at her event where she's trying to make some fucking money? Hello? It, uh, what's, again, I'm just going to be saying this all the time now. If you ain't going to do shit else, be what? For real. Be fucking for real. Like, I, <laughs> this is going to be so good. Yo, yo, your wife talk shit got hit. Period. Now, like, do I do I condone that? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. But she didn't think that lady was going to she didn't think she was going to get popped in her motherfucking mouth. Exactly. And sometimes like, you got to let a motherfucker know you could get popped in your mouth. Gosh darn, darn. Why not? Like, I'm going to say this with all intents and shade. Like, like Latrice is actually trying to make money, not lose money like your wife. So why the fuck would she set up her own shit? Because if she wanted to see y'all fight, she could have did some shit that wasn't a money-making event. Hello? Like, I just, just make it make sense to me. Like, nigga, like, <laughs> boy, this is, and I feel like, I feel like he is doing this so hard because outside of this, he and Soguchi, they don't have a storyline. Because if we really dive deep into the issues with his family and Selena and them kids, it's not going to look good for him and Gucci at all. So he, well, he, well the kids have been saying, that JJ and So Gucci is full of shit, and that the relationship has been strained. They the they have never been coexisting. So Gucci has always been disrespectful to their mom, and that's why they really don't fuck with her. And I absolutely believe it. I mean, shit, we got a glimpse of it because he didn't hold his wife accountable once. And if you res- and, and even if you ain't with your ex wife. You should demand that she extend your wife a certain level of respect and that your wife extend her a certain level of respect. It's supposed to be mutual. And the first thing should have been out his mouth was, what's your problem with speaking court with with being cordial and speaking and passing when you and my ex-wife are in the same room? There should never be any friction, especially when my fucking daughter is present. Hello? That's the other thing. Like, that's the other thing. Like, because, you know, again, I, I read some of the comments when sometimes I watch them on YouTube. And, like, there were people, like, defending So Gucci, saying that it wasn't intentional, it wasn't mean to be shady and stuff. And, and like, if y'all don't be for fucking real, literally the daughter was there. She was right there. Yeah. And hell, even when, you know, they talked when um Gucci and the daughter and Marie was there, she brought that up. It's like, mother girl, I was there. And Marie, I, mm, Latrice need to get a restraining order against Marie. That woman is infatuated with her. And it's scary. She be looking for any and every reason to rope that girl into some shit and try to tarnish her reputation while trying to tell motherfuckers they need an NDA to fucking go on a blind date with her. Bitch, who is you with that busted BBL? Child, you better have a stadium of fucking seats. I could tell you that. Well, I mean, she got one on the book, but it ain't a good one. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, no, I'm just saying the audacity is astounding. The audacity is fucking astounding with your crook ass. What you need to do is worry about all them goddamn grandbabies your son keep keep making. Grandmother at three. Grandmother was hilarious. Like sit the fuck down somewhere, Marie. And I mean that shit from the bottom of my soul. You are a fucking Looney Tune. Now shit. 
Agreed. Uh, but yeah, I just I don't have nothing but I don't have no kind words for Stoguchi or for JJ. Um, they both some they speaking of crooks, both of them are some crooks. They are not for fucking real. And again, I feel like they 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 are doing all this carrying on so that you know Carl that uh the show doesn't dive deeper than you know it has been with the fact that they they not as close knit as a family as they seem. Them kids fucking hate their guts, and that's because. They daddy is a bitter ass bitch who can't get over the fact that a woman had the audacity to leave him and that he got someone with low self-esteem on the on the on the rebound that goes along with everything he says and thinks that the ex is jealous when she, when you got the sloppy sets the sloppy seconds of a bitch ass nigga. Yeah. And so Gucci, I your nose just big and it get on my nerves. So <laughs> your nose big. <laughs> with that said, we'll be back next week. Um, Adrian, we hope you are getting some much needed rest. We miss you. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be back next week, and we gonna even we gonna be even more ratchet. So, you know, just don't clutch pearls too hard. We out, niggas. Peace.